Okay, um, welcome everyone to another Wednesday night shiur. Chodesh Tov, welcome uh, all Torah Anytime viewers. Rabotai, um, tonight is um, big lessons, as they say, big, big lessons. And I'd like to ask you a question, and maybe you can answer me. Everybody knows the story of uh, Korach, right? Bottom line is, uh, he says, why, you know, it's a family-run uh, situation going on over here. Moshe, who are you appointing? You're appointing your own brother, Kohen Gadol? I want to be Kohen Gadol. Correct? And of course, Korach goes ahead, and he gathers, how many people does he gather? 250 people, right? A cool, right? Uh, uh, strong not regular guys, you know what I'm saying? They got like the head honchos, as they say, meaning big, big, uh, big leaders of the Jewish nation. And they got them all under one roof, and they said, you know what? We're going to protest. Korach, Korach is right. Who were those people? Of course, they were very, very big people, as we see the story of um, On Ben Pelet's wife. Right? Om Ben Pelet, at the end of the day, to show you women, they're very, very, um, uh, how do they say? They say, Chokmat Nashim Banta Beta. I remember when, I, um, when my kids were getting a little bit older, and my father gave a compliment under his breath to my mother, and saying, wow, look at Joey's kids. Look at his kids. And I didn't understand, and he kept on saying, your kids, they look holy, they look kadosh. They're, they look, we have the girls, right? So Hashem, we have a few girls. She says, they look tzni'ut. They look modest. And I was thinking, and I said, you know, the compliment I don't deserve. The compliment me really is deserving to, to my wife, to the Rebinson. Why, what's the pshat? Because in essence, who raises the children? Who raises the children? It's the wife. You know, there's a Gemara in Ta'anit. Gemara at the last page says, there was no happier day than, of course, Yom Kippur, Tu Be'av. And they said, there was a day when the ladies went out in the field and they made an announcement. What did they say? The pretty, pretty ladies, they said, Men! See the beauty. The ones who weren't so pretty would say, see the family. The ones who wasn't even as pretty as that says, marry Lashem Shamayim. But I like to focus on the middle one for now. It says, a lady is for children. A lady is for beauty. That's what it says in the Gemara over there. It says, what do you mean now? I'm going to give you a pshat. What does it mean a lady is for children? Because before a person gets married, he's got to also investigate not just how the lady is, but see the future. Who's a wise man? That sees the future. See, is this, this woman going to be able to raise a family? 
Is she going to be able to stand as your backbone? You know, as they say, behind every great man, there's a greater woman. Ah, you see a person successful, don't forget he has another half. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, everybody's giving the respect and honor to the man, but they don't remember about the woman, what she did. I remember there was a story told of Borg Bear Leibowitz. Great Gaon of Borg Bear. He was so great that one of his colleagues, one of his uh, friends were with him, and he went off the derech. His friend went off the derech, and he was a great, 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 great Tamil his friend. But he went off. He went off. He took the beam pad. And he became an artist, an artist of poetry. So one time they got older, and they said, let's meet up. He sent a letter to Rabbi, great rabbi, let's meet up. I want to meet you. I didn't see you in 50 years. And the rabbi declined. Why? Why, rabbi? Why are you declining? And he says, You don't look at a face of a wicked man. You're wicked. You went off the beaten path. You did so much wickedness. And of course, we know you can do tshuva, of course. But at that time, he didn't do tshuva yet. And at that time, he didn't want his eyes to be uh, ruined by seeing the face of a rasha. So he wrote him back a letter, please, I beg you, come meet with me. When you meet, greet me, you can look down. Don't look at my face. He said, if that's the case, I'll meet you. They met. Right? This was bigger than Trump meeting, uh, hey, uh, what's his name? Uh, King Van Ju. Well, anyway, so they finally meet. And Rabobe's face is down because he doesn't want to look at the rasha, the, the, the tum'ah, the impurity could go and ruin his neshama. So he says, I'm not looking at him. It's too impure. He put his head down. He says, Rabbi Obey says, you're a poet. Who reads your poetry? And he told them. And he mentioned this, that, these people, these people. He says, look at the people that read your poetry. The rise of the world. It's like you have those uh, bums, like, you know, who's, who's listening to the, yo, man, yo, yo, yo. Like, you see these guys, I remember I was one time in the train, and I'm not even kidding you, I got scared. I'm sitting down, and I see a guy, like a 15-year-old kid, coming there, he's dreadlocks up to here, and he doesn't, he's not embarrassed. Yo, 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 what is like the earbuds, what do they call it, the earpods, what do they say? Huh? What is it, earbuds or earbuds? I don't know what it is. Everybody goes like this. And I didn't even see them. I think the guy's crazy. And he's going, yo, 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 yo. The whole time, no train ride. So he says to him, who reads your poetry? These guys read your poetry. That's what you came in the world for, to, to be famous. You had such a good head. You wasted on, on what? On knowledge, kind of nonsense. And without arrogance, he said to him, look at this. If you kept to the Torah, you would have wrote Shirin like he wrote, like Rabbah Be wrote. And who reads the Shirin? The most refinest people in the world. The people who don't know of any internet, 
who of course they have filtered, how they have it digged, and every yeshiva that they went to. So he says, look, the, the, the holy people ready. And one time, Rabbi Be, his wife, his Rebinson, was in the ladies' section. And usually, the rabbi, what he would do is, he would go like on the side, not to bother the people. You know, when the rabbi walks in, everybody stands up for the rabbi. So Rabbi Be would always go to the side and sit by the seat right away. He didn't want to take down, he wants to sit by the seat right away. But this time, what did he do? He went to the front. And he walked down the whole aisle. Everybody was standing up. So they asked the rabbi, Rabbi, this is not of you. Usually you walk into the side. Today you walk right down the middle. Everybody stood up, you know. Uh, we, don't want, we don't want to question the rabbi, of course. Whatever the rabbi says is good. We know it's there, but could you give us an explanation, please? So he says, you see, usually I walk over here. When do I walk over there? When it's only men. But today is, I guess it was the, I don't know what it was. They had a special event that day in the, in the, in the shul, in the Ben Midrash. Today we invited the ladies as well. And my wife is sitting up there. And I know what my wife does to sacrifice, to help me be a Tamil Hakam. She deserves to see the honor. So therefore, I went in the middle so everybody could stand, so she could see the honor, so she could get that honor. You know what's going on? You know what's going on? Why? Because behind every great man, there's a great woman. Sometimes she could take you down so low that you say, why did I get married? Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. We want to go that route. But before you jump, before you jump, I remember before I got married, I was bugging out a little bit, as they say. So people were looking at me and says, Rabbi, what's the matter? I wasn't around back then, but when I first got married, they're like, what's the matter? He says, I told my friend, I said, do you realize there's no turning back now? The girl who I'm going to marry is going to be the girl forever. She's going to be the girl I live with, that I die with, that I'll be with. Aaron got ended after 120. Do I really want to be with this lady until 120 even afterwards? Some guys, you say this to they're like, Rabbi, it's enough, I live in this world. Also, the next world, I have to live with that. Rabotai, be careful, Rabotai. I'm telling you, it's the truth. Make shalom bite now. Before I'm dead, you want to have uh, no firecrackers. They say, where's Sarai Menu? Mesechet Baal Batra says, where's Sarai Menu? Where? In Gan Eden, in the arms of Abraham Avinu. Yeah? The husband and wife. They're together. Likewise also. <laughs> The lady also has to be careful who she marries as well, you know what I mean? Both ways it works. In any case, we see a beautiful point in this week's parasha about a wife. On Ben Pelet, you see a wife has a sixth sense. A lady has a sixth sense. What's the sixth sense? She has something called Bina. It's called Bina. Hashem gave it to her. Why? Because she needs it. Why does she need it? She's building up the family. She has to see, with her understandings, which friends is my children going to play with. So God gave a lady a sixth sense, which is called Bina. And this Bina she uses. And this time, she used it for who? For her husband. 
She tells her husband, listen, you're fighting now a battle between Korach. But what do you gain? If anything, what's going to happen? If you win, Korach will be the leader. You still won't be a leader. So what's the gain? What are you doing? But On Ben Pele tells his wife, but what should I do? I already gave my word. My word is my word. I feel embarrassed to renegade, renegade around. She says, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. All of a sudden, the men are coming to pull On Ben Pele. Let's go. We're about to argue against Moshe Rabbeinu. Let's go. What does the wife do before she sees the men coming? She takes off her hair covering. And now all of a sudden, they see, oh, look at that. We can't go there. Her hair's on, her hair's on go. Don't go there. So they didn't pick on Ben Pele. They didn't pick him up. You see what's going on over here? You see how holy these men were? They didn't even want to take a look. Oh my goodness, even from far away, they saw maybe a lady's hair uncovered. They ran away. They said, we won't pick him up. Forget about it. They were so kadosh, these people. And these 250 men are now rising up to have a battle, to have a mahlake amongst Moshe Rabbeinu. How could that be? I don't understand. Uh, you got to be idiotic for that. How could it be? In any case, I'd like to discuss tonight what did Korach say? And let's try to do a surgery on the words. And that is, let's analyze. And I read to you. Korach says, All the people, Everybody is holy. What does Korach say? Korach says, everybody's, everybody's holy. Why are you? Are you better than me? So why do you deserve the leadership and not me? Everybody is holy. The whole nation is holy. Now I ask you all a question. Is Korach right? Yes or no? Is all Klal Yisrael holy? Yes or no? Yes. Answer. Yes. So Korach is right? Are we saying tonight that Korach is right? Again, I read you and I quote you the words. You want me to read it to you in English? I read it to you in English. Yeah. You ready? It says again, I'll read it to you. In Pasu Gimel, the beginning, right? For the entire assembly, all of them are holy. And Hashem is among them. Why do you exalt yourself over the congregation of Hashem? Korach is saying that all Klal Yisrael, if you're a Jew, you're holy. Is that a correct statement that Korach is saying? And if yes, then why are we making a whole big deal of Korach? Everybody understands what I meant to Korach. Hashem created the fact that the whole, it wasn't just an earthquake. The, the, the earth opened up and swallowed everything of Korach and his belongings. And the 250 men, they got swallowed in the earth. What did they do? Is it true or is it not true? Jimmy's saying it's true. Korach is right. Everybody's holy. So we have to analyze. Is Jimmy right or not? I ask you a question. If I take, if I take a diamond, yeah? Anybody here in jewelry? All right? You take a diamond. Now, diamonds can be worth a lot, a lot of money. 
How much could a big diamond ruby? How much is the biggest ruby? How much could you get? The thicker they are, I remember, the diamonds could be uh, this thick, this back. It could, it could go easy. A hundred thousand, just a diamond, just a rock. What are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing a hundred thousand rock. Oh my goodness, what are you doing with that? It's on your finger? Come, give me a hundred grand, I'll invest it nicely for you. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? A hundred grand, yeah. Rocks could be, a diamond could be a hundred grand. I ask you a question. Let's say if this diamond falls in mud, falls in mud, is it still worth a hundred thousand? Is it still a diamond? Huh? Is it, is it a diamond? Yes or no? It falls in the garbage can with all, like, all the, 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 the garbage. Is the diamond still a diamond? The diamond's still a diamond. Rabotai. Our souls came from heaven. God blew in us an eshama. We are all diamonds. You understand? A diamond is a diamond. You got lucky. We got lucky, I would say. Out of the billions of people in the world, the chances of you becoming Jewish is how much, Albert? How much? What is it? Huh? No, but 0.01%. That means you could play the lotto your whole life. It's easier for you to win the lotto than for you to be born Jewish. No joke. And guess what? I have news for you. We even make a blessing every time in the morning and as well, we say it, and as well at the Holy Sefer Torah when you go up to get an Aliyah. What is the Berachah that you make, I ask you? Asher bachar banu mikol ha'amim. That you chose us amongst all nations. That means God went around. How many different nations are there? You have Indians, you have Chinese, you have Latino, you have uh, African American, you have Italian, you have... How many? Tell me. And you go around the list, I'm sure there's hundreds of more. A million, you see everyone. And there's new ones all the day coming up. Oh yeah, now a guy made a new, new, new cult and he's like this now. And he's like this. The Greeks, the Romans, the this, the that. And God went ahead and said, You! You! I chose you. You could, you could be smiling for the rest of your life with a smile on your face, no matter what, the, what, no matter what goes wrong in your life. Smile on your face. God said, I chose you because I see you and I want you. You are my, you're mine. You know what's that in? Imagine God says you're the guy. You, you, you're my guy. How could you ever be sad ever in your life? People go through problems, financial, mental, emotional, who knows, a million things, physical. What's going to make me happy? I'm telling you the drug that's going to make you happy. The drug that you take is very simple. Ah, oh, God, you picked me. And all the people in the world, you look down and he said, this guy I want to pick. And think about it. Think about it. There's about 15 million people, 15 million Jews. How many people in the world? About eight and a half billion. Billion. B-I-L-L, -L, yeah? Billion. So that alone, you should be very happy. Even Bil'am Arashah. Everybody knows who Bil'am was? 
You know, we have Moshe Rabbeinu as our Navi. Who does the non-Jewish have? Bil'am. You know what Bil'am said before he died? You know what he said? He said, I wish I could die like a Jew. Imagine that. Imagine the biggest leader. He was bigger than Trump, by the way. He was richer than Trump and much richer than Trump. He had more honor and more fame than Trump. Everybody knew him. The biggest king's knew him. The whole world knew him. Right? And he had so much power, Bil'am. And they put, you see, some people, uh, again, you have Democrat, you have Republic. Do they like Trump? Don't they like Trump? Bil'am was their leader everybody loved. And what does he say on his deathbed? He's about to leave the world. And he looks back and he says, Ay, ay, ay. I wish I could die like a Jew. You hear what's going on over here? Why? Why do you want to die like a Jew? Abotai, this is the beginning of our life. This is just the beginning. You know, one guy told me, Rabbi, I don't know what to do in my life. I hate it. So what do you hate about? And he starts listening to the problems. This, that, 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 that. So I said, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Tell me, what do you want to do? So Rabbi, I want to commit suicide, tells me. I said, the truth is, that's not really an option. He says, well, Rabbi, I'll show you it's an option. And now he's telling me ways he could do this and he could do that and he could kill himself like this, kill himself like that. And I tell him, no, it's not an option. You know why? Because the second you're going to commit suicide, you're going to have to give din v'cheshbon and shamayim. You're going to have to meet Hashem. And Hashem's going to ask you, why'd you commit suicide? And if it's not, they're going to send you right back. And go, go, and come back. What do you do now? Oh, you commit suicide. Now go back again now. Go back. We're going to send you in this body now. This, now you're going to go in this body. And if you do it again, we'll send you again. And if you do it again, we'll send you again. The guy's going crazy. So I told the guy, it's not going to help. All you're doing is going to come right back down. Well, what do you think? Because God wants you here for a purpose. You have to fulfill it. You can't just give up. No, but Rabbi, I don't like challenges. Who are you to say, I don't like challenges? Who, who, who do you think you are? Who, you think you own, you, you own yourself over there that you could do? You're a servant of God. Listen to Him. Listen to what He wants you to do. First of all, you live a happy life. Today, I went, my wife was supposed to pick me up at a certain time. I said, you know, I want to be a nice husband. I went to buy a hot chocolate. Guy asked me, small, uh, small or large? I said, I want medium. Tells me, sorry, it's either small or large. I said, I don't understand this. What is this? You're not medium? Small or large, sir? I was like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? You know how the gears. You get the large, and then you get another small cup, and I'll put it there. I get two smalls. I don't know. So I said, I'll take a large. Sitting there. Then I'm calling the Robinson. Hello, nobody's picking up. Nobody picks up. We're supposed to meet at a certain time, at this time. Nobody's picking up. I told him, sir, do you mind if I just stay on the side over here and I just, uh, I'll just wait around over here? And I took out a safe and I was learning. I was learning there. He said, no problem. Um, as people are ordering, I'm starting to hear. The lady comes over to him and says, oh, the weather outside, it's like this, it's like that. It's, uh, yeah, he, tell, he tells her, yeah, I was just in Israel, the weather was beautiful. You in Israel, now start, things start clicking in. You know, I'm saying you're in Israel. You look very white-skinned. Um, I start beginning to think that this guy is Jewish. 
So when usually that happens, personally what I try to do is I try to do a little bit kiruv, try to bring him back. But before that, I got I to gotta make sure that they're Jewish, you know. Sometimes you do kiruv, and before you know it, you say, come for the minyan, and he's, he doesn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, he's the 10th guy, and you realize, after, no, I wasn't Jewish, but I picked you up from the court. I didn't know it was Jewish. It happened to me, by the way. It happened to us over here. It happened to us over here. Hey, you Albert. Over here, it happened to us. We had nine guys. We went outside. Yo, come, 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 yo, yo. And he came. He says, what do you want? I have food for you, but just to answer, amen, amen. He said, the guy's eating everyone, and he's not answering. And that's it. Like, true story. True story. They're eating, not answering. So Albert goes over to him. He says, do you know how to answer, amen, 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 amen. So he says, the truth is, the guy says, I'm not Jewish. So he says, why don't you come? He says, he told me this food, you know. <laughs> In any case, so I'm waiting. And I got to make sure the guy's Jewish. The guy tells me, my name is David. David what? I don't want to repeat it in whatever. David this. It was such a name that you couldn't... It's a children. He's more Jew, he has a more Jewish last name than I have. You know, Palachi, they think I'm Italian over there. He's for sure Jewish, you know? So I said, David. I said, you know, we have Shurim here Wednesday nights. We have off the hook food, this, that. Nice class. The rabbi, whoever gives the class, I made it like I was the rabbi. The rabbi makes the class. He gives a lot of joy. There's stories. There. So he says, no, I'm happy. So what do you mean you're happy? He says, listen, you like to do that. I like to do this. And uh, I'm happy. You're happy. That's it. There's a happy world. I tell him, but you don't go to any classes? He says, no. You don't go to any shul? No. So why not? He says, I'm happy the way I am. Now I'm thinking, what am I going to tell this guy? He's happy the way you are. And then I get a buzz. My wife's calling me. She's outside. But of course, right now we have to do the situation. And the first thing that came to my mind was, I said, this is what I was thinking in my mind. I said, how do you know you're happy? He looked at me and like, what are you talking about? I said, if you think about it, you ever have a child? You ever take anybody who has like an eight-year-old kid or a seven-year-old kid? You give him, you put something on the table, on, on the plate for him, and you know he's gonna love the he's gonna love the food. He's gonna love it hundred percent. He's gonna love it. So he screams at the kid, "Daddy, daddy, no, I don't want to taste the food. Why? It's a cinnamon bun." So the guy has cinnamon bun. He says, "Cinnamon? I don't like cinnamon, daddy." It's a- no, you're not understanding. It's a bun with cinnamon. It's there. I have, a, I have a glaze for you. I have the whole nine yards. It's beautiful. Daddy, what's this word cinnamon? Is it too spicy? Is it not? You get crazy with the kid. Listen, just taste it. You're going to love it. He gets scared. No, yeah, no, yeah. Finally, after pleading with the kid for five minutes, the guy tastes the cinnamon bun, and the guy loves it. Wow, daddy, thanks for the cinnamon bun. It was delicious. But if he never tasted it, you will never know if it's good or not. Same thing I told him. You never tasted real Torah. You never tasted real Judaism in your life. Because if you tasted real Judaism in your life, you would be happy. He looked at me, shocked. He couldn't believe he got like an injection from the like the doctor. And I walked out. 
That was it. Let's see what happens. I still know where he works, so I could go back there, you know? But the bottom line is, you hear that? You hear that in life? People, they say, I'm happy, you're happy. How do you know that you're happy? If you're not keeping the rule books of God, how do you know you're happy? How about if I tell you you can have a blissful life? You'll be the happiest guy in the world. How? What? What should I do? I remember when we first started this minyan every morning. Ten guys who weren't going to shul in the morning, who were not going to shul in the morning, and they tell me, Rabbi, sell me. So what do you mean, sell you? What do you want me to sell you? Tell me, why should we come to the minyan every morning, 10 guys, and we started up, why? And I have this all on recording, by the way. And I told them, no problem, sit down. They always said that I was a good salesman, sit down. So they sit down, all 10 guys are sitting down. And they're looking, they're waiting, what is the rabbi going to tell me uh, that I'm going to actually convince me to go? So I say, listen, when you wake up in the morning, when you wake up in the morning, I told them, what do you do? He says, I go to work. I go. I said, where do you work? He says, Rabbi, we, we're all in the cell phone business. Where's the cell phone? What are you guys? I'm in the Bronx. He's in, uh, you know, Nickabaka. He's in this. He's in that. I said, who do you see all day? He says, we go right there. We see, uh, you know, these people, that people. Do you see any of your friends? He says, no, all my friends are scattered away. I said, how good would it be in the morning if I have... All your friends get together with a crazy breakfast every morning before you go to work. At least you see them. You pray to God, Hashem, let me have a good day in business. You pray to God, let me have a good day today, a happy day, a successful day, a healthy day. And then you see all your friends, and then you have a nice breakfast, and then you go out to do what you have to do. How good would that be? Say, Rabbi, you sold us. And now these people... Every morning, they come, and they know, I can't go to work without going to Minyan. I say, why? You get to see the rabbi, you get to pray in the shul, you get to feel kedusha, you get to feel your tefillin, your talit, you see all the, all the boys, you have a nice breakfast, and then I go to work, ah, rabbi, it gives me such a boost in my day, this is my day. That's what the guys tell me. That's what the guys tell me. Because before that, they're like that little boy that never tasted the cinnamon bun. So he didn't know how good it was. But after you taste it, you see, you know what, this is really good. How many times people we try to tell, come to the Wednesday night class, come to the Wednesday night class, come to the Wednesday night class. Say, guys, like, I don't know, I'm at the gym, I'm at the this, I'm at the that. You come, you know, it's enjoyable, why not? Beautiful, why not? You understand what I'm trying to bring out of here? And therefore, I tell you, was Korach right, yes or no? Korach was right. Because everyone is holy. Every Jew is holy. And I'll prove it to you. I'll prove it to you. If a guy takes a gun and puts it on your head and says, you see, there's bullets in here and I'm going to give you this gun and I want you to shoot that man over there. I want you to shoot that man over there. That man is a regular guy. He's a regular guy. And the guy who has a gun to, to your head, imagine you're the guy that provides everything. You're the guy that's the philanthropist that's supporting every yeshiva, that's supporting every organization, 
that you're the head of directed of every single Hatzalah, of Chesed, of Torah, of everything that you can imagine. And now to that guy, they put a gun to his head. And they say, you see that guy over there? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? But he's Jewish. He's Jewish, yeah. But what does he do? Is he on the head of any boards? Is he, is he the head honcho? Is he the biggest giver in the community? And then all of a sudden, are you allowed to shoot that guy? Yes or no? Asking question. You're allowed to shoot that guy? Yes or no? But why not? I understand. Why, why can't you shoot that guy? Well, why can't you shoot that guy? You have this guy. He's going to die, that guy. That guy, what's going to be if he dies? That's it. Where's all the money? That's it. Nothing. No organizations can collapse. You know what the answer is? Who said your blood is redder than his blood? You see, when we do things in life to serve God, who says that your action doesn't take more impact than our action? Who says that when you keep your Shabbat, it's greater than this person that is keeping Shabbat? Do you know the calculations of God? You'll never ever know. Who said when you put tefillin on in the morning, how much does God love it as sweet? Wow, look at this guy, he's trying so hard. How do you know he doesn't love it more than this other guy? You don't know. We give pleasure to God when we keep His Torah, and we keep His mitzvot. He's looking down at us. Wow, that's my son. And therefore, you don't know whose blood is redder. And therefore, you have no right to kill someone else, even though you're doing more things than him in this world. I'm doing this, and I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. I'm giving shiurim, I'm this, I'm that. Who said that your blood is redder than the other guy? You'll never know. So in a sense, Korach is right. He's telling Moshe Rabbeinu, everybody's kadosh. You're right. You're a Jew. Just know you're holy. And it's like that diamond. Like we said, sometimes it'll fall in the mud. But you know what? It's still a diamond. It's still a diamond. Get up. Do tshuva. Clean it up well. God, I'm coming back to you. Just shine me up a little bit and I'm ready to go. Yeah, what's going on over here? Korach was right. So if Korach was right, what was he wrong about? What's the whole argument about? I will tell you, you want to know? I'm going to tell you another step. And that step, intrinsically, everybody's holy if you're Jewish. We all came. There's a special chamber in heaven. This is in Gemara and Meseh, Hagigah, the second Perek. There's a chamber in heaven. It's called Ma'on, if you want to know. Ma'on. In that chamber, there's the Neshamot. And from that chamber, we all came out of that chamber. We all came from the source of God right above Lee. We're all godly. We're all from heaven. We're just in an earthen, earthen kli, earthenware utensil of the body. But we're all from heaven. So, Korach is right. However, there's one thing that he's wrong about. There's, there's the one, you know what he's wrong about? Should I tell you what, what it was in this, in this case? Even though we're all holy, we all can get different badges. Did you ever see, you ever see an army, a soldier, 
You ever see how they honor him sometimes? And they give him an announcement at his graduation, when he graduates the army. They put him this badge. They put him that badge. He has, what is it called? Ranks. Rank this, rank that. And he has different badges. Boom, boom, boom. He, he did this, he did that, he did that. And he has all the badges of honor. This is what I did, this is what I accomplished, this is what I accomplished, what I accomplished, what I accomplished. By Judaism, I don't want to compare 100%, but there's also different badges. There's a badge, if you're a kind person, chesed. That's a big badge. Tfilah, that's another badge. Torah, another badge. Different badges get different credit in Jemai. Different badges get different credits. And pending how many badges you have, you could elevate your holiness. So you're right. Everybody starts like a diamond. And everybody's a big, big diamond. But how much do you polish it? How much do you clean it up so well where, where you can have the same diamond and you can see right through it? And anybody who's in the diamond business knows what I'm talking about. Same size. You can have two size diamonds, the same exact size. And one diamond's a million dollars and one diamond's still the same hundred thousand dollars. What happened? Because the one that's worth a million, you could see so clear. You could see so clear how pure it is. And that's what the mistake was. You're right. We're all holy. But you know what Shed Abena was? Do you know how holy he was? You couldn't even look at his face. He was so holy. Do you know that? He had a mask. He had to wear a mask. It says that he had to wear a mask. He came down from Shamayim. He was so kadosh that you couldn't see his face. It was so holy. You couldn't do it. Why can't I? It's too, too holy, too holy. Because he polished his neshama so much. You see right through the neshama, transparent. Boom! And that's what we have to know in life. In life, we can't stay the same diamond that we came down. We got to make sure it's clear. We got to polish it up. And God gives us 120 years. And every day we got to get busy shining that diamond. Shining it again. And shining it again. And like that, you go to the Kisei Akavod after 120 years. And you bring back the Neshama that God gave you, polished and cleaned. Polished and cleaned. You understand what's going on? This is the lesson that we learned from Korach.